So my next question, Mark, <laughs> is the London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you seven statements. Yeah. You just need to say true, false, can't decide. Mm-hmm. People tell me I'm a maverick or words to that effect. Um, and what was the score in between? So, true, false, can't decide. Mm, true. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I am much more productive than other people. False. I have very unusual talents. True. I am generally underestimated by people. False. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Mm, false. Okay. Why do you do things differently? Um, I suppose um, I just like to find my way through things. You know, I don't like to, you know, I just... I just follow my instincts the whole time and I get really bored following a, a, a set format. So, um, okay. so I'm quite happy to try new ways. Can you give me an example of something you've done differently? Something I've done differently. Ooh. So you get bored, so you don't want to do it like everybody else. So, Well, I... I never really, there's never a format for no. solving problems in the agency. Right. So, um, you know, one time we may have a brief and we'll, we'll work in groups. Another time I might decide that I want to work with one other person. Mm-hmm. Another time I might go and find somebody completely random to help me solve the problem. Okay. So we don't try and do it in the same way every single time. Now that in and, itself is thinking different. And I just think that, you know, sometimes that fails. Yeah. But... Oh God, you know, I haven't. I didn't go into business just to do the same thing all the time, okay. and um, I don't mind having a bit of failure. It doesn't matter as long as we make enough money to keep sixty-five people in jobs. Yeah, then it's fine. Okay, okay. Is what you do equated with the bottom line or something else? <clears throat> um. Ultimately, we have to hit a target. Right. Um, but we don't set ourselves crazy targets. Mm-hmm. We set ourselves targets that enable us to, um, you know, um, make some mistakes, um, mean that the people that work in the place mm-hmm. aren't working all the hours that God sends. Right. You know, so... Um, so why do you do this? If, is, it for, is it for the money or is it for something else? Um, I think it's for something else. And what I is that, that something else? Um, that the originally um, I was working um, for a, as I said, a, a big corporate company, right. and I kind of didn't like that. I didn't like uh, the idea that I was making money for something or somebody that I didn't know. Right. I'd rather make money for people around me or people that I like. Right. So that kind of spirit meant that. People enjoy the vibe of working together, mm-hmm. and that brings its own successes. And it, it's probably not the way to work if you're a corporate or you're working in a big corporation right. because there is an annual and maybe a quarterly 
need to hit stretch targets. Yeah. And in a way that I found that that not only stresses people out, but means that people leave. You know, people are constantly leaving companies all the time. Yeah. Whereas people, for good or bad, stay with us for a very long time because they know that it's manageable, but they also have the freedom. Right. Okay. Is any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your life? Definitely. So what sort of autonomy does it give you? Um, Freedom to try new things, freedom to take the business into new areas. Okay. Um, So, you know, um, one week the the company might be um, working on a shopper marketing campaign for Heinz and another week we might be inventing new products for the National Lottery. Oh, okay. Because we don't define our our output, it allows us to go into new areas. So we're currently just... um, uh, working on a, a new soft drink that we've invented for ourselves. Right. And, um, you know, it, it may or it may not work. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't matter. We've had a laugh, you know? Okay, okay. <laughs> Completely concur. Does anything, does doing things differently require certain skills? And if so, what are they? Um... <sighs> I think the the only thing that it requires you to do is to allow yourself to have space in which to think and try things. And I think that when you um, when you get caught up with detail, mm-hmm. it means that you're you, you starve yourself with the with the freedom to try things. And mm-hmm. um, so what I've tried to do is all all of my partners and senior people, we try not to you know overstretch ourselves we always try to give ourselves the freedom in which to to try new things um and then when we report back if we fail then oh well we had to go um this isn't part of the interview but i want to i must ask you this when you fail do you have a system of working out what why you failed what worked well what didn't work well what bit you'd use again yeah i mean um the Sometimes, uh, like recently, um, we we pitched for a big piece of work, right. and we and we and we and we got B. And um, the honest reason for it was that we overcomplicated and we made it boring. And even though the creative was great, yeah, yeah. it was boring. The okay. delivery was boring. It was too big. It was too detailed. It wasn't free. And I think that when we looked at our presentation, we, we, you know, we didn't, you know, focus on individuals. We just thought together we created the most complicated, boring story ever known. Okay. And so we said, right, okay, you know, what we have to do for for the future is even though the response might be complicated, we have to make the selling story fun, simple and engaging. Oh, completely. Yeah, that makes sense. Mom, you'll love this. My mum said something really important to me she said you talk a lot and she said she gave and she was trying to explain to me how i just need to get to the point sometimes Mm -hmm. and she gave me this wonderful analogy and it was um there's a guy at a train station in india yeah and he's trying to Mm -hmm. he's spending ages trying to tell the guy that what he wants to do yeah and he the the guy behind the counter is not understanding him (laughs) so the, the people there's a queue forming behind him and this guy just goes up yeah basically grabs the ticket out of his hand and goes, ticket back, money back. 
because he'd missed the train and he was trying yeah. to say, I need my money back. <laughs> I howled. But yeah, so to, you can, um, you're welcome to use that example, but I think that's yeah. what you're kind of saying. The message. Yeah, that's uh, it, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love that one. My mum tells yeah. me a lot of good stories. <laughs> are you a type A or a type B personality? What are they again? You know, A sort of ambitious, rigidly organised, really proactive, very competitive. Or yeah. B, they've got a lower stress level. They kind of work steadily. They're not really stressed if they don't achieve. They don't mind losing, but they can be creative. Yeah. Um, oh, difficult because um, I, I always have to win at everything. Right. So that bit's the A type. Right? But I'm, um, I'm not... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just fiercely competitive, but then I get about it in a kind of reasonably relaxed way. And if right. I fail, then I just move on. I don't yeah. like to harp on it. Okay. You know, I just move on constantly. You know, there's no, there's no, I very rarely rake over old ground. There's, okay. there's no point. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Um, I think that you, the, the hardest thing is, um, I think, surrounding yourself in, in people that are, that are wanting to go with you. Right. And um, finding a good little team to, that are honest with you, mm -hmm. you know, and they're willing to, you know, to challenge you and, and support you. But you need a really good team around you. Okay. And, um, you know, I've worked with people now um, 10 or 15 years, and these people have, have been with me all the time. And that's really important. Okay. What aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? Um, I think um, hugely competitive. Right. Um, my dad once told me when I learned football, yeah. never pass, never pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> and, okay. Um, um, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so fiercely competitive. Uh, what was the question again? The question was, what aspects of your character influence the fact that you're a maverick? Right, okay. So if, um, also, um, hugely, um, yeah, I get bored really quickly. Yeah. And um, I also don't like, um, you know, I don't like to do the, the same thing too often. I, wa I want to change all the time, you know. It's, okay. Life's too short to just do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the... Um, the most important thing and also um as well um uh i suppose there's a real need to um to to lay foundations for something as well okay okay you know i um it's you know my, um my dad he was a he was an entertainer really good entertainer yeah and uh, he always you know made people laugh uh, you, you know and um and i think that those are the things that I, I really need to, I do like to entertain and I like to have people around me and I like to, to laugh. And these are really important things that keep me buzzed up, keep okay. me energized. Okay. Um, so I, I need to have people around me that are willing to do that, you know, willing to waste three hours of the day talking shite, you know. It's, yeah, um, but sometimes <laughs> some of the best ideas come out of the shite. They do. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Are you born or bred a maverick? Am I what? Born you, or bred? Born or bred a maverick? Um, I think that, um, you know, I think you're a symptom of, um, of, of, of where you come from. Right. And um, my father always worked for himself. Um, 
and um, I really liked the freedom that he had. Yeah. You know, um, he, you know, he, 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 you know, he changed many careers, but he uh, he didn't have to report to anybody. And I think that's that makes it really important, you know, because you can see that you can see that people can flourish, yeah. and so you want a piece of that. Yeah. And I think that once I'd learned the basics of of the of the industry that I like, then I thought, right, let's do this. Okay. You know? You've kind of answered this, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on being a maverick? And I think that's what you've just been explaining to me. Yeah, never pass was the most important thing. Yeah. Were your parents <laughs> mavericks? Um, yeah, um, my dad was, definitely. Um, he, um, you know, he, he was constantly looking for new stuff and constantly inquisitive as well. Yeah. Um, really inquisitive and... Um, we had this, um, you know, we, we travelled all around Europe and my dad was really into um, kind of um, hidden kind of um, historical facts and that we'd always try to get beneath the truth. And so we travelled around the whole of Europe after endless escapades looking for stuff. Right. And, um, and then he was obviously supported by uh, my mother who was really solid and um, really kept it all together. Okay. And she just let us go off on our holidays. She would just leave us, you know, <laughs> okay. just on you go. Okay, Mavericks often have unusual talents. What yeah. would you say yours are? Um, my talents are... Um, what constitutes talent? Uh, I don't know what a talent would be, really. I mean, I tend to throw myself into many things, you know. Um, you but know, I have sporting talents. You know, I've always been really good at sport. Um, I'm a really good golfer. Um, now I throw what's, myself... What's your handicap? It's down to seven now. Ooh, you should play with my boyfriend. <laughs> That's a, I think he's about there. Is he, he's yeah. He's a really good guy. Um, play uh, lots of sport. I've also got quite a, quite a lot of artistic talents. Right. Um, so maybe... I've... I've I've sculpted quite a bit, made mainly out of stone. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I, I write quite a lot as well. Okay. So, you know, um, but um, I suppose one of my uh, key talents is my ability to, to make friends and to entertain people. Okay. Just being a kind of key, yeah. Well, people do business with people they like. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your energy as a maverick? Um. My energy is always really up and I tend to surround myself with people that buzz me up. I, I can't bear people that neg me out. Yeah, really. yeah. It does my nutting, you know, and... Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that's, why, um, that's why you hone in on people like Chris. Exactly. You know, you know Chris is... Um, I go down to Chris's house a couple of times a year and we just get re-energised, you know. Yeah. He's like, he's like a walking power socket, that man. He is. <laughs> <laughs> How do you see rules, Mark? Um, how do I see rules? Um, it, it depends, really. I mean, I'm always happy to observe the rules, um, but I'm, I suppose I'm quite argumentative as well. And so, you know, um, and, that, and I suppose that's why it helped me really in the PhD, because I was able to look at things completely differently and not really accept what had already been done before, was to yeah. have, try and look for a new way. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I to truly respect um, things that have been established, but I'm also 
always looking at another angle, you know, if only for a self-entertainment. Yeah, really. yeah. Have you always taken a maverick approach in business or was there a particular trigger? Um, I think that when I understood how business worked, right? you know, because at the time you were always, you always thought it was them that were in charge, you know, and that they, those were the people leading. Yeah. And then you looked around and you thought, actually, this is ridiculous. It's, it's, it's we that can do it. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that kind of happened after about five or six years of understanding, you know, um, and um, so, yeah, I think it was, you know, I needed to learn the rules of the game first before I, I felt that I was, you know, uh, comfortable, confident enough to try and have a go myself. Okay. Okay. Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times? Um, uh, I don't know, really. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to define what. Maverick is. I suppose I don't like to to paint myself as as following uh, normal rules, be it going on holiday to a normal place, or um, you know, reading the latest book, or watching the latest film, or getting consumed by the latest box set. I always try to not be, you know, boxed off like that. But I don't know whether or not that's just an argumentative side, or whether or not I want to try and paint a picture that I'm a bit more colourful than most people. I don't okay, know. But maybe you just are more colourful than other yeah. people. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Um, well, the advantages are, are, are clear that you um, it, it makes you know it gives you the ability to to chart your own course in life and um, and 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 also to to benefit from the successes and, and find fresh and new and exciting things. But at the same time, there's no safety net really. You know, and, and also there's no safety net when there's, you know, there's 65 people that, you know, could could suffer from your fuck up. Yeah. So, um, you know, you always have to, you know, and, and that is really important to me. It's not, you know, each year, you know, any all partners take a certain amount of salary, but then we spread the rest around the country, yeah. around the company, because yeah. we're not that bothered about making loads and loads of cash. It's yeah. not that, in, that's not the important thing, really. Okay. Um, and so, in a way, the, the disadvantages could be seen that you're, you know, potentially you could make lots of money yeah. or potentially you could lose lots of money and you could upset lots of lives by, by taking risks. Um, so I think that's the vulnerability, really. Okay. Um, okay. You know, and then you're also not an individual. You have, you know, like I've got my partner, you know, I've got my mother, yeah. you know, and you, you need to, you know, they want a sense of stability and, and positivity. Yeah. And you don't want to say, right, fuck it, I want to go and live in Sweden now. Yeah. You know, which might be good, it might be perfect, but you've got to consider everybody else. Right. You know, which is hard for an only child. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we're in the same boat. My partner's an only child and we've moved out to Vancouver. <laughs> Are there situations, are there any situations yeah. where being a maverick is just positively harmful? Um, <clears throat> um, I don't think so. I, I, um, I can't think of an example where, you know, uh, it screwed us up, but then we, we've been lucky and 
you know, and then success has, has brought us. So um, the it, it's brought us more positives than negatives. I think that the the the, the main um, negative aspect is that you're you're constantly bored and you constantly feel there's something better that you should be doing. Doing, yeah, yeah. And that that that's, um, that can be unsettling. I think. Yeah. Has aging experience altered your maverick approach? You said about how you know after the first five years you needed to know the rules yeah. of business, but what has anything changed? Um, no, I don't think so. I think. Um, I think the only thing with uh, with with age is that you always wish you'd done more earlier, right? You know, um, so your you know experience shows that you um, you don't need that much experience, but you always feel that you need experience, so you put stuff off, right? But actually, um, you know, putting stuff off is really just coasting. Yeah. You know, um, I chatted to somebody the other day, and uh, we hadn't spoken for five years. Like fucking hell, five years it only seems like no time. Yeah. And so that the, the danger is is that time flies quicker than your um, uh, your ambitions sometimes. Yeah. So um, that's really nicely put, actually. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Um, probably our, um, our our personal ventures. Okay. So. Um, I suppose um, personal ventures because we, we we try new things all the time, um, uh, which is um, which is great. But also the fact that we're really liberal about that's my cat screaming. Okay, do you need to go and see um, him? Oh, he's oh Mona. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, and I suppose um, in a way, um, as the as the economy has become so bad in Britain, mm-hmm. we've also at the same time made it really liberal with our people nobody works after 5 30 right you know so everything's kind of um, there is no pressure even yeah. though you could push 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 yeah we always felt that it was it was nicer to have people feeling good about themselves and that would give us more yeah. rather than expect more from them in time yeah so excellent yeah. what aspects of your business are you least maverick in um Probably, oh, that sounded loud. Um, least maverick in. Um, least maverick. Ugh, gosh, it's really a tough question, that. Um, I mean, there's certain rules of the game that you need to employ about the way that you finance a company, um, the way that you um, review and appraise people. Mm. Um, the, these things are pretty pretty solid, but um, you know, I'm, I, you know, so I'm I'm not sure really. You know, there's certain ground rules that you have to just allow to be in place. And yeah. There's no point changing them. So. No, the, I mean the key ones that come up is. Finance and admin, then tax. Yeah. I'm, I have, yeah. I'm really hoping I'm going to meet one maverick who tells me that they decided found a completely different way to do that. But I haven't met one yet. Well, you just you just uh, caught by um, by um, you know the inland revenue oh, and yeah. all the other companies uh, company pressures that you have to report in a certain way. You know exactly. What aspects of you of your life are you most maverick in? Um, well, I think um, 
I suppose I um, I have this daft rule, which is about retro friends, right? Right. Which is that um, anybody that I haven't really been in touch with for a few years is gone. Right. So all this, like, hanging out with and keeping in touch with school friends, I just don't buy. No. You know, I just don't dig it, you know. So I tell, and people say it's really harsh, you know. But it's like, no, I like to hang with the people I'm with now. And, yeah. You know, the people that, um, you know, rather than just keeping all of this kind of stuff going. So it is a, it is a little bit harsh. I think I constantly, um, uh, me and my partner, we could constantly go new places the whole time, new yeah. ways. On holiday, we always have a, a policy of taking one tiny small bag, one right. tiny small bag. Right. And it doesn't matter if we're going to a posh place or, like, recently we arrived in Malta yeah. with a tiny small bag and we just walked for a week. And we just w- decided, well, let's go where we're going to go. You know, yeah. no plans, no nothing, just go and do it. So we always have that, that rule that don't be, don't be pressured by, you know, um, taking loads of bags, booking into places, yeah, making yeah. sure that everything's sorted. Love because it. everything's fine. You've got a credit card. If it yeah. all fucks up, you can go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What aspects of your life are you least maverick in then? And I love that one. I love the most maverick. That's a great one. <laughs> um, what aspects am I least maverick about? Um, oh, least maverick. Um, I suppose um, I make a oh gosh. I know how to really relax, right? So when I um, when I leave work, that's it. No chat about work, nothing. And my partner, she's um, uh, she's an art teacher, right? And she just finds marketing a lot of bollocks, yeah. yeah. And most of the time, it is, <laughs> yeah. And um, so there's no point in coming home and talking about that, yeah. So we have a we have an agreement that no chat, no chat about work, no discussions about work. No, no pondering, you know, what could I do at work or anything okay. like that. It's just gone. Okay, you know, that's excellent. Just in, in the work, that's it. And it, it allows me to free my mind and just, you know, relax in the evenings. Yeah, that's brilliant because you've kind of answered my next question was how do you balance being a maverick at home life? And like you said, yeah. it, it stays in the office. But you yeah, you've got to, you, I think having a partner that's completely different from you yeah. is really, really important. And also a partner that doesn't think that, um, what you do is exciting or interesting or anything like that. For her, it's like marketing and business is just filled with the wrong sorts of people. Why on earth are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and therefore, you know, there's like no point talking about it. You know, yeah. if I was talking about somebody that's got this exciting process in marketing, it'd be like boring, yeah. you know. Yeah, There'd be no point, yeah. you know. And you might find yourself single. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing as well. I've spent I've spent a, a countless amount of my life going from one relationship to another. Yeah, let's hold on to this one then. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Um, well, um, it was funny. When I started uh, my PhD uh, a few years ago, yeah. the reason I did it was I was really... Uh, despondent at the amount of people in their 40s that thought, fuck marketing, I've had enough, I'm going to open up a deli, right? Right. Or some other mad little shop, right? And I thought to myself, I've filled my head in the last 20 years with loads of good stuff, and therefore I must be able to apply that in my mind uh, to to put it into a PhD so all that thinking's captured. And in a way, um, the, the, the idea of creating... 
this company was about creating something that could continue long after I've given up and yeah. decided to do something else. So it's it's not about to just do stuff for me the whole time. Mm. Um, it's about creating something that can other people can take on and can make them a good life as well. Wonderful. So I think that that is important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and how. Building on from that, how much, if anything, of what you do is related to give back? Um, a lot of what we, well, a lot of what we do, um, you know, is about um, helping local community, doing initiatives for the local community, helping yeah. local charities. If somebody's got something that they want their family help on or anything like that, yeah. we're always happy to do it. No bother at all. And everybody can feel free to say, look, you know, we've got this initiative happening in this local charity. What can we do? No bother. We can do all their marketing for them. We can build their website. Just because you know it's it's part of it's part of our capabilities. Is we yeah. can do it. And it takes no time. Okay. You know. So um, I think people are quite happy to come and say, you know, I want some, I want some support. Can you help me? And yeah, we're we're fine to do it. That's really nice. Yeah. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. Yeah. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Um, well, I think the biggest risk up today was starting um, because um, when we when we started, um, me and a couple of mates got together and um, we decided, you know, let's have a go at it. We put all our money in. Right. Just bought a new house. Right. You know, and it was all there. And uh, we thought, fuck it, what could go wrong? And in retrospect, it was a massive risk. We've got yeah. everything on, on the line to do it. Yeah. Um, and we also decided that rather than start with just us, we employed 10 people straight away. Right, okay. Because we thought that you needed to have a critical mass in which to achieve certain clients. Okay. So we took a gamble, a massive gamble. And, and we, you know, we took a small office and we filled it with people and then we just we went for it. And um, that was a big gamble because we could have just, we could have lost everything. Yeah, true. But at the time, we just thought, oh, well, you know, I don't know, we just took a risk. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. How many ventures have you taken in the past five years? I suppose in your case, it would be projects because you've been, some of the entrepreneurs I interview, they're yeah. like starting company after company after company. Yeah, if right. you've been in one company, then I ch- then I ask how many projects have you been in? Right. Well, unless the other option is uh, last year we um, dis- took the decision to open up our London office. Right. Okay. And um, and that was again we um, because we want because I wanted it to be like it is up in Scotland. Right. We sent down a load of people. We sent our people down to London. Yeah. And we went and we, we opened up an office and we went, right, this is really us, but down there. Okay. And uh, we thought it's, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll put, you know, we've got, we put six people down there. Yeah. And we'll thought it's not going to cost us much money, you know, um, we'll, and, and on the back of that, we ended up winning lots of work on Heinz. Wow. And, um, so it was worth the gamble, um, yeah. but it was a it was a calculated gamble yes. because you know they were down there, and if if there weren't if there wasn't much going on, we'd get them doing other work. Yeah, you know. So it was a, but um, again, it was that idea of creating a bit of a mass of people that buzz off each other. Yes, and yes. Um, and they were all friends as well. So we put people down there that knew each other. They could hang out. They could you know they could make stuff happen between them rather than amalgamating random people. Okay. 
What would you consider are the characteristics of a successful project? Um, Success according to Mark. Right, okay. Um, I think that a, a project that we're... A project that were what I would say successful is um, probably one where everybody involved in it really shines. So you know, so you could say that the account exec really got buzzed up about it. Yeah. The person selling in the idea was really excited about it. The client loved it. You know, so it was about everybody performing to their best. In that in that situation, okay. not necessarily because I've won projects before where we were shit. Yeah. So the idea wasn't that great. Yeah. And we've won it, and I wasn't, and that so that's fine. That's money in the company, but yeah. I wasn't overly. I didn't think it was brilliant. Okay. But then I've been on other projects where everybody's worked together, everybody's performed fantastically, and when the client loves what you do, mm. um, then it's then it's a special feeling. That's you know, the rock Because everybody stuff. feels chuffed. Yeah. You know, it's hard saying to everybody, well done, when you know that everybody's done shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's but, like playing football again. It's better to win win beautifully. Yeah. Uh, play the beautiful game rather than, you know, win on penalties. Yeah, true. Of the ventures that you've done, what percentage were successful? So you, if you want to use the fact you've got two companies, you could focus yeah. on that. Yeah, um, well, I think that both, well, both of them have done really well. In terms of when we've pitched for projects, yeah. I would say that of the pitches we do, 50% we win. Okay. okay. And, but, but there's a point on that, is that we, um, we, we choose our battles. Right. So we don't just go, new business, new business, new business. Mm -hmm. We've never employed a new business person. Right. Um, we've always chose our battles and when we go into battle we've always really really prepared ourselves right so that when we either win or we come a close second okay okay and uh, because I hate having worked for a big organization where they pitch all the time mm. there's too many defeats right and people get really really depressed yeah and it's, and it's also demoralizing isn't it really demoralizing yeah. and the big company can say right over the year we can amortize that and we made money but what they haven't realized is that loads of people got beat and really sort of you know get nervous about their own ability and yeah. maybe don't perform the next time and move on okay. um, so i would rather choose a battle that Everybody could feel that either won or they just got beat, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, we tend to do that nice and slowly. Okay. I think. What leads to successful execution of a project, do you think, then? What, what sorry? What leads to successful execution of a project for you? Um, right, okay. I think, um, uh, I think imagining the whole process from the start is really important. Okay. So rather than jumping in feet first, yeah. we tend to plan everything out really carefully. Okay. And that involves everybody that's going to be involved in the project um, to think it through and to spend a good day just imagining how this project could come together okay. and, and how the pitch could come together. And I think that everybody together who's got a role to play then starts taking ownership of it. Right. And um, it also imagine once you see the project in its entirety through your imagination, then you can plan it a bit better. And I think sometimes there's a race 
uh, and and when you when you're running like that, you 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 forget things, you leave people behind, yeah. and all those sorts of things. Okay. So I think um, taking your time and and, and um, collaborating with everybody is a much better approach. Okay. What do you do that makes a project successful? What do you bring to the table? Um, generally, I um, I suppose I'm the kind of um, uh, the the I suppose the person that initially gives it its energy, so okay. it gets everybody enthused, um, tries to spark the creative process and helps the creative process, and then I all I try to keep the the kind of light flickering through the process. Yeah. So I generally it's about me bringing energy and you know keep keep people motivated okay. um, because you know when a project is a you know over a, a reasonably long period of time. People can get stressed out, people can get bored, um, people can sort of lose their way. So I generally try to, um, you know, uh, sort of flit in and out and, and just try and find the, the weak points and try and strengthen them. Thank you. When you have projects, the 50% that are unsuccessful, you said, what, yeah. do you, what do you consider is the main reason for their failure? Um... I would always say that on the day we were beaten by a better idea. Excellent. As a maverick, what are you afraid mm. of? Um, people having better ideas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah. You, you know, I, uh, even though the the process to getting the idea can be. Um, can be frenetic. Yeah. I really hate somebody having a better idea. And, especially um, so when, you, well, especially so when put, you listen to it and you think, oh, my God, that is a better idea. We, we, I went on a, we did a workshop once for two days. Right. We took everybody away um, to the coast and we, we worked for two days. And at, the end of the, uh, at the end of the two days, we had nothing. And <laughs> 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 okay. I've just taken a and, mouth and a drink, yeah? And um, and as I was cleaning up all the paper, I realised that somebody had written a line on a piece of paper right. that, and had not mentioned anything. And that line became the winning idea. You're joking me. No, they'd just been too shy. And, and it kind of thought this? at the time that, that you know, you, you really have to try and engage people. And, um, you know, that uh, so fortunately it came fine. So then... The, the case study became how brilliant it was yeah. that we all went away and we worked together. The reality of the situation was that the shy person hadn't been given the opportunity to talk. Yeah, but that's a lesson learned, isn't it? Yeah. How and You've kind of been touching on this all along, Mark, but how important is team to you as a maverick? Um, definitely, yeah. I think, um, I think um, having one or two people around me all the time is really important. I can't sit on my own all the time. I need to be around people. Okay. And, um, but the most important thing is having trust, you know, trust in those people. Um, so, um, you know, uh, and that's why I suppose people have been with us for a long time. Yeah. You know, we trust each other. Yeah. Um, nobody's running out getting interviews. Nobody's trying to screw us for an extra few grand. Yeah on salary okay. um, and, and I think having those people around you is really brilliant okay. yeah. do you draw on other mavericks in any way um, 
I do. Yeah, I tend to I tend to surround myself in um, people, but not necessarily from business. Yeah. You no, know, um, I, I surround myself in artists or musicians, yeah. uh, DJs, uh, creatures of the night. Mm. I like a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and I think that um, they're the people that that uh, keep me keep me energized. I okay. think you know. I, I find that. Uh, particularly in business, I get I get quite down with a lot of, um, of, of a lot of the business world. Okay. You know, I, I, I find it um, a, a quite suffocating environment. So I tend, to, uh, and that's why I have the rule of when I finish work, it's done. Right. And then I surround myself in people, other people that are yeah. not involved in this industry. Okay, so. that makes sense. It's it's quite powerful, really, because a lot of people I'm speaking to are saying, well, they get all their ideas because they're not only in that world it's yeah, because they're it. absorbing themselves in other things yes how and where did you get your permission to be a maverick you think differently that's obvious yeah so where did you the permission come from um i i, I just think it was um having um i think having um the freedom as a child, really. Um, I think the freedom to... I remember um, when I was um, about 10, there was... Um, we had to take a, an exam, which... Uh, and if you pass the exam, you had the opportunity of going to a school. But I, I passed the exam so well that I was allowed to go to a, um, an amazing school that, you know, like was where MPs went to and everybody yeah. else. And I turned it down. And um, my mum and dad were like, you have to go. This is like all fees paid until yeah, yeah. you're 16. Yeah. And I turned it down because they didn't play football. Right. And I didn't like the people that were there. I found them too snobby. Okay. And um, at the, so my mum and dad asked me twice. And then after that, they went, fine, it's up to you. Okay. So and that was really, really, really important of them that they did that, you know, yeah. because I wouldn't be here now, you know, I would be... I would just be, a, you know, doing another role and, you know, they just because they, because they allowed me that freedom, I had to prove to them that I could still pass all my grades going to the local comprehensive school, yeah. you know. Oh, how lo that's such a nice story. Mm -hmm. Does being a fabric affect your approach to leadership? Um... Don't know really. I mean, I, I've always, um, I always I give power to everybody around me. Really, yeah. so I, I'm not necessarily the leader. Yeah. Um, I never really saw myself as a leader. Some other people want to be leaders, uh, and they're happy to do it. Mm. You know, and um, you know, I, I can I can pull the strings in my own little kind of puppet master way. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not wanting to be leader. I don't want to call myself leader. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. is being a maverick related to creativity? Um, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Definitely. And what about innovation? Yeah, I think um, innovation is a funny thing because um, uh, 
the, the art of guiding innovation and leading innovation is a dark art. Right. And it's why companies like What If have really uh, succeeded, yes. is that every, every innovation project needs a leader yes. to guide people through it. And that's the hardest bit. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. And nobody wants to do it in big companies because their fear of failure is massive. So people can get trained in, in innovation and how to lead and facilitate, but the reality is they don't want to do it. Yeah. And yeah. I think um, those that, you know, I get called into all manner of companies to run innovation projects, and it's really because, um, you know, I, I have no fear with running those. Yeah. You know, I can run a project yeah. and I can sit down there with 50 people from Heinz with nothing at the start and yeah. no that in two days' time, they'll have something. Yeah. If I worked for them, I would probably have all sorts of fears, you yes. know, that my career could be threatened by yeah. not having anything, whereas I'm just like, some will happen, some it will definitely happen. Yeah, yeah, um, and you're coming from a different mindset, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any career decisions you regret as they link to your potential as a maverick? Um, I... Uh, I think that I would like to have lived in a few different places. Okay. Um, you know, I spend my time traveling to lots of different places. I'd like to live in a few different places. Mm. Um, and I probably would have liked to have, um, and I'm not saying that I shouldn't, but I would also like to have taken time off as well uh, for a year and just wander, yeah. you know. Um, and and that, not saying that I shouldn't do that, but I think that it's really important for people to do that in their lives, you know, because it's so easy. You know, you meet people when they've left university at age mm -hmm. 23 and suddenly they feel that they're 45. Mm -hmm. You know, they've adopted a kind of bourgeois life of nice meals and, you know, kind of um, formality. And you just think that it's really important. It's like children. It's really important to play as long as you can. Yes. You know, to play till you're seven or ten and then learn all the shite that you need to at school. But And I, and I think that's with business as well, is that people get caught up in that system too yeah. early in their lives. I think you're um, right. I mean, I am I still play. Have you seen my room? There's a space hopper. There's a sketch. Yeah. Because I, I already know that innovation and creativity... Kids are the most creative people in the world because yeah. they don't see barriers. That's right. And I, I keep that mindset. I don't lose it for nobody. I still have pigtails. I still <laughs> wear my favourite T-shirt. You know, I'm still running around in a pair of trackies and trainers. I don't <laughs> want to have that beaten out of me. And I know when I walk, I mean, the amount of times I've walked into places where everybody's suited and booted and I turn up with my pigtails and my Converse All-Stars, <laughs> Does it, but because of the things we do, like you said, the traveling, yeah. travel a lot because, you know, you're all of a sudden talking about, I interviewed, um, I interviewed Alex Asili last week, who's the guy behind Jawbone. Right, yeah. And he's been telling me all about his new project. And, you know, there's so many things that, because I've traveled, because I've now gone from, you know, children's nursing to business. The way I see things, I, I kind of used to go to the business talks at Cass Business School and you'd have yeah. all these suits come up with an idea and then I'd just say, I'd wait till everybody had finished and I'd go, well, have you thought about it like this? And they'd just get whiplashed to say, well, where did that come from? But yeah. it's the ability to connect different things. It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was um, doing my degree originally, um, I decided that I would go um, to Ibiza. Right. Um, 
to um, on holiday with a few of the boys. Mm. Anyway, after about after the two weeks, I said, "Look, boys, I'm staying." And um, I became a cocktail waiter in Pasha nightclub, right? Good lad. And, and I was there. I was there for nine months, right? And I have to say, I learned more there than in three or four years at university, you exactly. know. And uh, I would much rather have done that and got a poxy degree than, yeah. um, you know, than, uh, you know, it was much, much better life skills, you know. I met people from all sorts of different places, all sorts Definitely. of different philosophies. And, um, you know, and I think that you need to do that more in your life, I think, you know. I try to um, do it every day. I try to look at, I mean, last weekend I learned how to make pasta. The weekend <laughs> after that I learned how to make kombucha. Next week I'm going to an art gallery where there's going to be an artist. It's in a, it's a really quirk, it's called Gwerk and um, <laughs> based after the German philosophy and I'm going to learn that. And then you go to, and then like I was at Innovation Labs which is a meet up here and they were running something at the Microsoft offices and they were trying to find um oh, how would you tackle homelessness? And I just you know we had a few ideas and I went why don't we crowdfund why don't somebody turn yeah. around and say, put on face, put on somewhere a website where this is who I am, this is how I got here, this is what I'm capable of, this is my skills, and this is how much I'd need to get myself on my feet. They yeah. went, what? I went, why don't we crowdfund to get these people off the streets? And they just no, went, nice idea. I just had a tramp moved into um, the park opposite my house, actually. Right. <laughs> I will get back to the interview. <laughs> Go, go. I'm having a great time. I hope oh, you are. No, no he, um, I saw him and he had all these bags. Right. And I was like, how are you doing, mate? And he went, oh, just by chance. I noticed you had a bag out. It was a charity bag of clothes. And he goes, just by chance. I don't want to be presumptuous. But I wondered in the bag if you had any uh, trousers. And I went, yeah, I've got trousers and I've got um, a, a what you call I've got a, a fleece as well. You could have that. And he went, brilliant. He goes, "Perchance chance do you have any food? I went, no, mate, I've not got any food. And he goes, "Perchance chance do you have a flag? And I was like, right, okay, mate. Yeah, I've got no flags and I've got no food. <laughs> and he went, the church opposite you. Do you realise that George Lucas was inspired by that church for um, for some of the helmets he used in his films? And I was like, look, mate, it's been really special chatting to you, but um, you know, I'll see you. And he's now, and so then now there's a Facebook page. Um, from all the local bourgeois residents saying, oh, how sad that this guy, you know, we should all give him stuff. And I'm thinking, it's just fishing off everybody. <laughs> and somebody said, oh, he was brilliant. He gave me a lovely recipe for oat cakes. I'm like, oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. But I'll tell you what, I bet there's a story behind him. I oh, know there is, yeah. Anyway. Okay, so. Probably involves acid, to yeah, be honest. Just, uh, maybe, maybe not. We never know. What do they say? <laughs> never judge a man unless you've had to walk in his shoes for a week. Yeah. So, okay, mavericks tend to be learners. What are right. you a student of? Right, well, I'm, um, what am I a student of? Well, I became a student, didn't I, the last yeah. few years, doing my PhD. Um, I'm, now a student, I'm now a student of CrossFit. <laughs> I saw the T-shirt. Yeah, so I've just got, so I've become obsessed with that. Okay. So four nights a week. So uh, uh, is the plan to, so you're going to be ripped? That's the aim. That's, That's the, the aim. aim. This summer, I'm going to get myself sprayed brown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm about to start my fitness regime. I've got somebody coming around tomorrow. One of my mavericks has happened to be setting up a fitness thing. So we've done a trade. 
that I'm right. helping with this, his business, but yep. he's got to get me ripped because I'm getting married on the 7th of November and I need to be ripped by then. <laughs> i tell you what, sitting in front of a computer, you probably found this. I put on two stone just writing my thesis. Well, easy, yeah. Well, and now easy. it's got to go. It's yeah. got to go. Yeah. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Who jumps, um, into, who jumps into your head? Well, um, I worked with a guy um, and uh, he was brilliant at his job. He was a brilliant marketeer. Right. And then he came to me and he said, Mark, um, I'm, I'm packing it in. I'm like, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to go back to basics. I'm going to the Dominican Republic. I'm going to join an art retreat and I'm going to become an artist. And I'm like, fair play, mate. That was five years ago. And he had an absolutely massive exhibition in London last year and also over in Gothenburg as well. And he committed himself to it and he's totally gone to it. And I went down where he's living and he's just living really simply. And um, he left all of his stuff with me in the house. And he said, um, you know, when he he decided to go to the Dominican Republic and he said, um, you know, um, just can you hold on to the stuff? And I was like, so I was like, Alex, man, I've got box after box of your stuff. And he went, burn it all. Apart from my boss suit, burn it all. <laughs> um, so he, he, he decided to just, that's it. I want to change my life. And, uh, and he threw himself into it. Yeah. And, think... uh, and he's become a full-time respected artist in a very, very short period of time. And I think in some ways that's kind of like, I left my job as a senior lecturer. My last presentation, okay, was with the Associate Professor of Paediatrics at Harvard. I was at the <laughs> top of my tree. And everybody's like, what the hell is she doing? I came here, I said, and the deal was I was going to write my thesis and then get a job, but try and get a job teaching in a university and in the business school, because that was the stuff yeah. I was... Tell you what, that's never going to happen. I'm never going to work a nine-to-five in my life. No. And I was sitting here, you know, thinking about this last night, because I've been talking to Alex, because obviously I'm, I'm talking to... So my life at the moment, Mark, is I get up. I can't wait to get up. Today, I couldn't get wake up quick enough, mm. because I knew I had you at eight o'clock. Right? <laughs> and my whole life is that I'm, I spend time... Finding Mavericks, I mean, I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing the woman who at Getty Images decided it's about time they shook up how women were perceived. I've an interview with her lined up in two weeks. I'm a children's nurse. I don't know anybody. (laughs) How I've ended up interviewing all these people is beyond my understanding. Yeah, I mean, taking taking a new path is such a brilliant thing, you know, but... A friend of mine, he um, he had a really good job, yeah. and he decided that um, he was going to um, invent his own alcoholic drink. Mm-hmm. And he went in business with this other chap. And um, when he went into business, I thought to myself, "You've gone in business with a total like loser." Yeah. But um, uh, you know, I didn't want to say anything because you know that's his choice, and I yeah. may be seeing the picture wrong. It also then occurred to me that he then sold his house for four hundred thousand pounds to pay for this product, right. whereas his business partner didn't, right? Well, that's not and a business he, partner then. And he, and he, for two years, he worked and worked and worked, and ultimately, it failed. But he took an absolute gamble, and yeah. he put everything on the line, and it was amazing to see somebody throw themselves into it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's a smart boy, and now he's fine. You know, he's got a good job, and yeah. 
But, you know, for that period of his life, he probably really enjoyed it. And I went to the house two weeks before he sold it and looked at it and I thought, most people in business would be amazed at this house. It is yeah. brilliant. And you're just going to sell it to, ba- to make a bunch of vodka. But he did it, you but, know. You know, the thing is, the first blog post I ever wrote... I have to say this to you. You're the person I've gone most off tangent with. Um, I wrote, the first blog post I wrote was called, um, for the Huffington Post, was No Regrets, Live Your Life Awesome. You know, right. so people keep saying to me, you're doing this, right? I have people who absolutely love their job, right, say to mm-hmm. me, so let me get this right. All you do at the moment is you talk to these mavericks around the world. I went, yeah. And they went, I've never said this, but I think I'm jealous. Because what you must be absorbing mm-hmm. must be phenomenal. Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing. But do you know what? I'm a snowboarder, Mark. I'm only in it for the ride. <laughs> does it really, do, if you honestly ask me, does it really matter if I never write a best-selling book? I'm going to go to my coffin having spoken to a hundred of the, some of the most amazing human beings walking this planet who all think differently Nobody's doing it for the money. They're trying to make humanity in the world a better place. I mean, I wouldn't swap what I do for Jack. <laughs> I, w- yeah. I wouldn't. Anyway, focus, Billy. <laughs> Who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? Um, makes all the difference. Well, it'd have to be. Um, it'd have to be my partner because she is a. Um, she sees the world much clearer because she's not in my world. Okay, yeah. So she's able to say, shite, good, more energy needed here. Yeah. You know, and he's able to put me on the right. And that's why it's really important. I, You know, I've, I've, I've had many partners in the past that have been in the same world as me, and it's yeah. just, you know, no. you, need, you, need, you need somebody to, to completely freshen your mind the whole time. Exactly. So that, that's, um, you know, that's... Uh, really important, and uh, and uh, and also as well, um, I think uh, pride's a real driving force, you know, and not necessarily for me, but for my mother. Yeah. You know, I'm not bothered if I do this or I do that, but for yeah. her, it's everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So for for me to get the PhD last year I was really proud. She ended up contacting all the local newspapers oh, and getting bless. my picture in and oh, all of that. I so for me, I, uh, you know, like um, when I when I. When you go back in after your viva, yeah. they welcome you as either, you know, congratulations, doctor, yeah. or they just say this, that, and the other. Yeah. And my supervisor was, Mark, you know, um, I've had many people, you know, like the guy who was before you, when they said, congratulations, doctor, he burst into tears. I've had somebody else who fainted. And then when they said to you, congratulations, you just went, cheers. Yeah. And it was like, because I'm not that bothered, you know, yeah, for everybody yeah. else, it's really exciting. Yeah, exactly. But for me, it was just, you know, the next step. <laughs> for me, it's like fun. Do the next, now, yeah. I've done the fun on that, time to move on. That's it. Um, what do you have to suffer because you're a maverick? If um, I think uh, suffering, um, suffering normality, I think, suffering not, not being able to change the, the whole time. Is a real can be a real frustration, and sometimes I get you know too constrained by things. You know, do you have to sacrifice anything because you're a maverick? Um, not really. I don't think. No, I think um, when you're under your own steam, then it's up to you, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And what motivates you? 
Um, uh, I, I, I think um, I think constantly trying new things, succeeding, um, finding new people to hang out with. I'm a constant buzzer of new people. Yeah, I am. And um, not money at all. Okay. Not bothered about money. Do you like being a maverick? Um, I, I, as I say, I'm not. I don't know if I am. I don't know if I would describe myself as that, but I describe. I, I would I enjoy not having to answer to anybody, and yeah. I enjoy having. I enjoy taking risks, and um, and doesn't matter if they they, they they win or fail. So I think that I enjoy that. I enjoy not having to answer to anybody. Okay. When I say maverick, I'm meaning somebody who just thinks differently. Yeah. In the business world. So is being a maverick yeah. a responsibility in any way? Is it a responsibility? Um, I think the responsibility is that I see success and progress mm. of, as having new and fresh ideas. And the responsibility is constantly to be fresh. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I, can't, I can't allow myself to be, um, you know, uh, living an, uh, one year after the next being the same I, yeah. I feel I would let, let myself and everybody else down yeah. so it has to be new so no new no new no holidays in the same place yeah. no going to the same place every year you know no hanging out at the same bars yeah. no going to business talks you know um you know I'd, I'd just I'd rather I'd rather go somewhere else than go to business talks yeah. you know it just doesn't it's not my thing yeah now you've more or less done this interview, I've only got a few questions yeah. left, and they're kind of fun ones, because a lot okay. of the questions are from other Mavericks. I just started with right. a few. On a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. not compared to anybody else but to yourself, how yes. Maverick are you? Uh, Uh, I would probably say six or seven. Okay. Because um, I think that um, if I was comparing myself to yeah. other, other other people, I think other people in life out with business have taken much greater risks than business oh, people. Okay. Okay. What advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick so that they can be the best possible maverick they can be? Um, okay, it's got nothing to do with money. It's got yeah. nothing to do with anything being behind you. It's got everything um, to do with um, making sure that your life is fresh yeah. and different. Yeah. And that you make sure that what you're doing is what you love yes. and not what you need to do. Um, I think that if you, when you enjoy, then shit happens. And, um, so you true. Know, yeah, and I think that try not to get yourself caught up in routine um, because my mum once said to me uh, on my 21st, now you're 21, your life will fly past. And it's absolutely true. When I was a kid... <laughs> Yeah. You know, the summer holidays were ages. Yeah. yeah. Because I was doing new stuff every day. And when you're in business, you're not doing new stuff every day, so life spins around. Yeah, yeah. So I think that the most important thing is constantly do new stuff, constantly find new people. Yeah. And when you do that, then new ideas will happen. 
Definitely. And you don't need money. You don't need to risk money. No. You know, um... How do you promote or serve other people to be mavericks? Um, I don't know. I suppose I'm quite a good sounding block and I'm quite honest to people. Yeah. Um, I think that um, sometimes um, the, the worst thing about people, particularly in new business, yeah. is their friends, right? Their friends who say, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, when and actually, it's shite, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, uh, you know, it's it's good to be honest with people, to get, not to be, to, I think it's really important to give feedback to people, yeah? yeah? And I think it's to be positive, but at the same time, to just sort of let them know that some areas need to be polished up. Okay. And I think that the problem with friends and business and, and, and stuff is that nobody gives proper feedback. True. Everything's brilliant yeah. or, and, and nothing's interrogated. Yeah. And I think that's really important, really. It's okay. an underestimated world of, of feedback and honesty. True, right. How do you serve yourself? How do I serve myself? How, does, how do you mean, sorry? Well, I was talking to somebody and one of my mavericks said, well, I serve people in this way. He said, but how mm -hmm. I serve myself to be the maverick I want to be is I take care of what I eat, I work out, I make sure mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by the right type of people. So he was saying how he serves himself to be the right, best okay. maverick he can be. Well, in a, in a similar way, you know, um, I... I, I have a, fir a thirst for things all the time. Yeah. So last few years has been a thirst for knowledge. Yeah. And this, this year has been a thirst for exercise. Yeah. And I think that as I've become stronger and fitter, it's really opened up the possibilities of, you know, and I've met so many new people by enrolling in something. I met low trying something new opens up the world of new, new people and new ideas. Exactly. And, and, uh, and next year, as I said, that last year, last year was of the mind this is the body and next year is the soul yeah. so um i don't know where it's going to go but i'm going to investigate a few things and then see where that takes me right so, i've got i got something you might want to read i'll send yeah. it to you i'll say just when you finish tap no yeah. your, your address is on your email isn't it i just need your address yeah okay uh, it's it's mark.filestone no that's your email i need your ha home address i can't send you oh, something. right okay yeah it's have you got a pen i'm ready Okay, uh, seven. Yeah. East Brighton Crescent. Yep. Edinburgh. Yep. EH fifteen. Yep. One LR. One LR. Okay, yeah. I'm going to send you something. When you've read it, I want you to yeah. message me back. Okay. Okay. Um, what's your biggest ambition right now? Biggest ambition. Um. I think my, my biggest ambition would be to have another chapter. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I'm not sure what that is, but there needs to be another chapter. Any, um, anybody so, who's about to explore their soul has definitely got another chapter. Yeah. <laughs> trust me. On this yeah. one, just trust me. Yeah. Life at 80, what does it look like? Um, probably surreal. Um, probably hanging out with a load of old ravers. Um, <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Um, saying how good we were. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I don't think that um, I don't think it'll be 
any different. I think it will just be a bit more uh, dodgy knees. And um, but I think that um, you know I have no intention of retiring. No, I have no intention of. Uh, in fact, I'm going to give up golf. Bored of it. Um, but um, yeah, I think it'll just be the same kind of uh, situation, hanging with the same sorts of people, coming up with another harebrained scheme yeah. of um, you know coming up with new products for eighty-year-olds. Yeah. I question. Do you take glucamine sulfate and chondroitin? What's that? It's. I'll tell you what. Right. It's. Let me finish the interview and then I'll tell you what that is because you obviously okay. don't know what it is, right? Okay. If you were doing something different in life, what would it be? Um, I think it would be um, like mo- like most people do when they follow in their family. I think I would um, like to do something on the stage. Okay. I think I would like to be a vaudeville act. Right. Okay. <laughs> different. <laughs> <laughs> if if you could have a superhero power, what would it? Yeah. Be? What would it be? Um. It would be um, it would be a an ability to give people an extra fifty percent when you touch them. Fifty percent of what? Anything. Okay. Okay. Like a boost bar. Right, so right. they could be 50% happier or 50% stronger. Okay. okay. You just touch them and they become 50% of what they want to be. Wow. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> I bet you end up using that in an ad. <laughs> I want a cut if you do. Um, yeah. What do you do for fun? Um, well, I... Um, what do you do for fun? Other than at the moment getting fit, I yeah. like to also get unfit. So I like to go out a lot. Yeah. Um, I like to socialise a lot. I like to travel a lot. Um, I like to um, walk a lot. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, I don't tend to watch TV. Um I don't know any box sets. Okay. In fact, everybody told me about how great Breaking Bad was, yeah? So I watched the first and I watched the last and that's it. Okay, I don't even know what Breaking Bad is. All right, it's about a million series and everybody goes on about it and I thought, fuck that, I'll watch the first and the last and I'll make up the middle. Yeah. Um, if you were an animal, and bear in mind, are these questions, These, if I told you where these, who gave me these questions, you'd be like, he said that? <laughs> um, yeah, so... If you were an animal, a bird or a creature, what would you be? A cockatoo. Why? Um, because I'm quite proud. I've got um, I've got um, bouffant hair. Yeah. Uh, I'm colourful. That's a good. That's a good example. <laughs> okay. Final question. Yeah. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Um, uh, is it a class thing? Ooh, I could probably tell you that, but is is being a maverick a class thing? I'm not sure. Okay. 
You can see how my first interview was quite about 20 minutes and the rest of them, I'm like, I'm going to be listening to your voice in my head for the next two. I've got till half past seven on Wednesday to get this transcribed. So thank you very much for the interview. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great. It's been so much fun. Um, The glucamine sulfate and chondroitin, I'll stick it in the email to you. It's the the one thing that... um, People who snowboard take right that, uh, that helps their knees. 